This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Carrie Mitkowski. She's a Forbes Coaches Council member, TEDx speaker, and the author of Perception Coaching. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So uh, let me know a little bit about uh, who you are, where you started, and kind of your journey till now. Yeah. So uh, I would say if we went back a ways, just coming out of being a you know sort of mom life and trying to figure out okay now what my kids are in school now what do i do sort of a thing and i ended up in uh, business development so to speak in a big box retail and as i started pulling business deals and stuff together for how the market was um, working um, a gentleman saw me put together uh, one of the industries that I was working in, very backwards and upside down, I guess you would say, is the bridal industry. And as I was putting together a very large runway show in Chicago, there was a gentleman who uh, was sort of watching and he, was, he approached my handler and he says, I'd like to meet with this girl when she's back in Minneapolis. Do you think you could schedule something for us? And long story short, he and I began to talk back and forth. And he really wanted me to join his company as part of a um, edutainment creator, content creator. And it was creating um, learning and development or leadership development contract or uh, content from very much a edutainment sort of film-based approach which sounded really interesting to me. And so I said, sure, absolutely. And uh, within six months, I was running product development in his company. Um, But what really started to happen uh, as I started doing that is I built up a consulting leg of business for him where we hired in a couple of industrial organizational psychologists and then several master coach facilitators. And I developed learning and development content around it. Well, at some point in the early stages, the coaches and the IO psychologist said, they went to the owner of the company and they said, you know, we just feel really uncomfortable with her creating content being that she's not a coach. And so sort of taking that criticism to heart, uh, one of the things the owner thought would be very helpful uh, was um, instead of removing me from the entire development because I'd already created a proven history or track record of being very productive, um, and having the content that I had developed sold, you know, very quickly. So it was good for ROI for him. He decided to make a very large investment in, at the time, it was almost $10,000 into a coaching school for me as a way of uh, sort of creating a shortcut between the points that the coaches and the facilitators were calling out and still wanting to keep me on as the person who was producing the content because it was going very well for him. And I thought it was rather silly. (laughs) I didn't think coaching was a real industry at the time, so this was 2005. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this sounds really ridiculous. But I went ahead and went through it, and by the end of it, I was just, it was a year-long program. I turns out I was madly in love uh, with coaching and I didn't even know it. I was at first, you know, come from a content creation 
just orienting things to the end user or the user experience and then getting on the side of it to where you're actually the service provider uh, really turned out to be wonderful for me. And so that's how I actually ended up getting into coaching. Um, now it is now 2019 and I have now logged over 15,000 hours of leadership coaching and it has just been just one of the greatest joys of my life. Oh, that's awesome. So what motivates you to uh, succeed? I think it's really the motivation for me comes from watching clients and having their experience uh, alongside them sort of like as a co-pilot as they're piloting their own experience and my success is really wrapped up in their success meaning when they become successful or what their definition of successful is that really I mean, that's a whole lot of jazz for me. I just absolutely love watching them get lit up, watching them succeed. I guess if I were to define success, that would be it, is when my clients succeed, that's success for me. So there's a, a lot of coaches, and like you said, I think coaching as a, as a profession uh, has gotten very popular in the last few years, and you see coaches everywhere. What yeah. do you think makes a good coach in terms of qualities? So I, I kind of had this conversation a little bit. It, it didn't really dawn on me how many people were hanging out sort of their shingle as coaches. I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. And as I started talking to them about, well, how did you become a certified coach or a coach period? And some people just start coaching, like they've never had any training. Um, even people, like I just, a few weeks back, I actually, it's been a month now, I did an interview with an HR person I was interviewing her for some of my Facebook Live stuff and I asked her, what was the process you went through? She had to bring coaching back into her organization and she attended a 45 minute seminar which she gathered detail and information and then she went back. She just started pulling managers in one at a time and showed them, you know, the 45 minute presentation and expected them to go out, you know, onto the floor and start coaching their employees. And I was just like, oh, holy cow, I would have never even imagined that that's what a process would look like. So for my process, you know, we had to have 10 paying clients going in. And this is in 2005, 2006 uh, was the quote unquote school year. It was a year long course and we had to have 10 paying clients at $50 an hour before we were certified. So 10 people who said, yes, I want this person to coach me and that I'd be willing to stay with them for a year. And then uh, the class that I was in, there was 35 of us and you broke up into pods and you were coaching every week and coaching and being coached was recorded. And then there were supervisory calls once a week where your supervisor would sit in and listen and coach you on your coaching techniques. And so that went on. So by the time I was certified, I had over 500 hours coaching experience plus another um, hundred hours of supervision. And then on top of that, then I had a coach who was coaching me so that I understood what it felt like to be coached. So all in all, when you wrap it up, leaving that coaching certification with over 600 hours of coaching, it's a very different experience than what I hear other people have. They pay and go to these, these one day or three day certification programs with zero follow up to let them know how they're doing as coach and it's playing out. And so I kind of wonder to myself, what is it that other people, you know, potential clients are even actually looking for and what's the experience they want to have? And as I've talked to potential clients, and, and just sort of listening to the market as it is. They definitely want somebody who's, um, you know, had experience coaching. They really don't know a lot of the questions to ask. And so I kind of prep them with, you should probably know, you know, how many hours 
coaching this person's had, how many clients they've gone through. Um, you know, do they have good recommendations and references? Are they helping people achieve the thing that you want to achieve? So like, for instance, I'm a behavioral leadership coach. So I help leaders um, adjust behaviors that are impacting the way that they're impacting those that they lead. And so a lot of times, you know, it's a performance issue. They're, they're not performing at as a high a level as they could. And there's usually a behavior involved as we address that behavior. And so whatever it is that you would like coaching around, I would highly recommend that you just kind of target the, what are the outcomes that you would need that, would, that you think are going to be there? And then style is another place that I notice people kind of want to have uh, conversations around and and that is the style of coach. So I tend to be a, a fairly direct coach, um, meaning I don't I, I don't let people dance around in story or rationalization too long. I call it out pretty quick, um, just because we've got new behaviors to create and playing in storyland and, and you know rationalization land is not serving serving your time with me well. And so getting people pretty action oriented. It's what I tend to be, and that's, you know, but again, what is it, like 93% of my client base tends to be male. So um, just kind of knowing what kind of a style of a coach you're looking for, I think is also helpful. So those would be my two recommendations is, are people helping you achieve the results you want to achieve? And then do you have a good style match? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it's interesting, the, the process, I didn't necessarily know the process in terms of getting certified. We're actually having those paying clients and them being retained for at least a year. That's pretty um, interesting and kind of adds that proof of concept that, you know, you, you know what you're talking about and you have a process in place. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of these certification programs I'm seeing come up nowadays, they've got none of that. And I'm just thinking to myself, my goodness, what's the as a coach, I'm thinking to myself, gosh, what's the quality that I'm, I would be creating coming out of that program? And then what can clients expect and what will that do to the overall industry? You know, the quality of the overall industry, it's, I don't know, it's just something I think about. <laughs> yeah, that's why I actually asked because I see like a lot of people, you know, say I'm, I'm going to be a coach, you know, a leadership coach or a different type of coach. And it seems like overnight they're already certified and, you know, trying to gain clients or get uh, exposure and I was curious about that actual process you know because in other careers and other things you have your um, stop gaps in place in terms of uh, siphoning out and where quality is versus some some I'm sure every industry has it because yeah. I'm coming from digital marketing so there's a lot of people that promise and under deliver so <laughs> a lot of industries seem to to do that especially when uh, a, a field gets popular from a certain period of time in in history yeah it, it's it's very hard to uh for the end user to quantify and qualify the quality of a coach that they're getting um, without understanding the process that someone went through um, the particular program that I went through, there were three psychologists in my group um, going through this. And, and so it's one of those things where if, if you're an end user, somebody who's looking to get a coach, you, you definitely want to learn about the process or find out where they were certifi- certified and then go online and Google it for yourself and find out, you know, what is their process like? If it's a four-day process with zero follow-up, personally, I'd be nervous. You know, I can tell you that even after 600 hours of coaching coming out of that, I was still very wobbly as a coach, meaning I wasn't always sure where we were at in the coaching process. And it took me, gosh, I'd say 
I probably had to get closer to two or 3,000 hours before I felt like I was starting to hit, uh, like I knew where I was in the process and I knew where the client was. And then by 5,000 hours, I was very comfortable. Past the 10,000 hour mark, I, I, I knew exactly where I was. And um, I passed the 15,000 hour mark in 2017. And that's a very, now I don't even have to think about it. It's just very normal and natural for me to feel where the client's at, where I'm at, and if we're gonna be able to hit the marks that they wanna hit, so. Yeah, I, I often wonder what clients, potential clients, how they sort for, for, for a coach match. <laughs> yeah, because with everything else, like if I'm looking at some kind of, a, you know, a service or if I'm, you know, getting something in terms of expertise or, or critique on anything, I look for the body of work and kind of, you know, what they've been through. And like you said, mm -hmm. the number of hours is one thing and uh, the process that got you there is another. So I, I personally look at those two things. Absolutely. Well, and I heard one one gentleman who was in the coaching industry said, I have no idea why these coaches think they need to tout their hours. And he goes, what are you, a pilot? And I thought, and then come to find out he only had 3,000 hours of coaching in. And I thought, well, um, <laughs> speaking of somebody who has that many hours, you know, an immense amount of successful hours logged, I personally would, you know, if they were looking at something significant impacting my career, I would want to know that the person driving it has experience. And so, you know, I hear a lot of criticisms of different things that coaches watch or log as important. And so all I can do is really just pay attention to what do customers want to know or clients, people who want to achieve results using me as a service, what do they need? And, and then get there so that they can get what they need credibly and responsibly and ethically. I agree. And at what point did you decide to uh, write perception coaching? Was there a certain something yeah. that triggered that or what kind of, so, how did you take that step? So in 2008, um, I was out in California filming a product called Feed Forward. Uh, the company that I was with um, back in, oh gosh, I'm going to say 1998 had filmed a product called Feedback with uh, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. And when I came on as the product development person, I really felt like uh, Feedback Target was using them extensively, using that product extensively. Still to this day, they're using that product. They use it in all of their training and development. Target is a, a big box retail company. Uh, they, and I kept looking at it and looking at it, and I was like, gosh, this, is, this product is so old. This conversation is, it feels outdated. And I began to wonder if the author had come up with anything new. Um, and then he was a coach. He's an executive coach. Most people in the coaching industry have heard of him. He is the number one executive coach in the world. I couldn't even tell you how many New York Times bestselling books he has. And uh, the owner of my company said, hey, well, call him up and see if you can format out a new product or something that you want to do and go, go make it happen. Here's the budget. Go make it happen. And so he and I filmed uh, a product called Feed Forward together. And at the end of the shooting, um, I was a coach at the time, so we were shooting in 2008, and I just remember, I thought, gosh, I've got one hour with Marshall Goldsmith, um, even though I'm working on this other product for a company, I have some thoughts of my own as a, you know, a, I've only been coaching for three years, I've got a lot of questions, I should question him about some stuff I'm noticing and see what comes up. And uh, we started talking and it was very quickly, I realized he was having the same he had, he had run the exact same issue I ran into, which is that when you're coaching a leader, it wasn't, the problem wasn't getting the leader to change. I could get the leader's behavior changed. The issue arose 
was that the people that were around him called them key stakeholders. It was getting them to recognize that the change had happened. And uh, we kind of talk about it like this situation A, let's say a leader gets a feedback uh, survey done. He says, oh, it looks like I make destructive comments. Well, most leaders think, well, all I'll do, this is silly. I don't need to talk to anybody about this. Gosh, all I need to do is stop making destructive comments, right? Wrong. What happens is because your leadership does not play out in a vacuum, it does not play out in theory, it plays out in action and practicality in other people's lives, you run into other people's perception. And so each one of us has that sort of cognitive preset um, and it falls under the category of uh, cognitive dissonance. What happens is that I have a preset of, let's say you, and if I know you to be somebody who's constantly making destructive comments, what sets in my brain is, oh, this is Jim, he makes destructive comments. And if Jim makes all these changes, but I'm not aware of it, all I know about Jim is he makes destructive comments. And so let's say he goes six months and he doesn't make a destructive comment, but because I'm not aware that he's working on it, my cognitive precept or my, perce my, my perception remains that Jim just makes negative comments. And so out of nowhere, you know, six months later after Jim's been working on this and nobody knows, Jim's like, idiot, SOB, bean counters in finance, how do we get anything done in this company? Got a bunch of accountants running everything, makes a bunch of destructive comments. And what happens for me as the coworker around Jim is like, yeah, that's what Jim does, he makes destructive comments. But what we found is situation A, does his behavior change? Yes. Did the people around him register it? No. But in situation B, let's say Jim, you know, he's got tagged for destructive comments, but we start working with him and the key stakeholders in his life with a very specific process for follow-up. And at the six month mark, he's been doing um, the process of follow-up effectively, um, which is what I outline in perception coaching. And uh, six months he goes off and he's been doing his check-ins, regular check-ins with everybody. And he goes off and he makes a destructive comment. Well, what's happened is because he's done his regular checkups and follow-ups with everybody, along the way their perception has started to shift. Oh, he really is serious about this. Oh, he's actually meeting against what's still on his radar. Oh, well, I guess I probably better pay attention to this. So they're their cognitive preset is moving. It's dialing towards the fact that actualizing, oh, Jim is changing. You know, Jim may have actually made the changes 60 days in, but it's going to take us almost a year to get his colleagues to buy in and then sign off that, yeah, Jim no longer makes destructive comments. And so actually the, the course of shifting somebody's perception is what Marshall and I started talking about. And so I just asked him, I said, hey, I'd, I would love to get you on film. I think this is a product. Um, and we filmed another product called Pure Coaching together. And so I said, hey, do you think we could lock this down? And so sure enough, we locked it down. And then I, I started running and making, making sure that iterations, testing it out in the field and making sure that the process was well-tuned before I launched it as a product. No, it's uh, really interesting. And I think the, the concept of trying and uh, building something and making sure it works is really important because a lot of people put stuff out and uh, it's not necessarily tested, but put it out and see how much money it does in terms of uh, training or a course or you know any kind of uh, intellectual product like that. So I think that process is um, very important. Yeah, it's it makes a lot of difference. I don't want to use people as guinea pigs. You know, it, people who bought in at the very beginning piloted it. Um, they knew they were piloting. <laughs> 
And they, they, the nice thing is I've gained a lot of trust over the years with different leaders. And they were like, absolutely, come use my team. Let's see how this works. So it was a lot of fun. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today. Do you have any advice for the audience, either personal, professional? Um, if it's a group of leaders, even if you're in digital marketing, uh, so I do a lot of inbound marketing myself uh, through a company called HubSpot. As a leader, like especially if you're leading a team, a creative team, I've led a lot of creative teams. I think it's really important to understand that A, you have an impact as a leader and that it's very normal for leaders to reach outside of themselves um, and, and blame, shift blame outside of themselves and not recognize that they, they have an impact. And to really evaluate your own personal impact rather than looking out at team members, I think that's a major shift that most leaders don't usually typically understand. Uh, a lot of people start conversations off with me. It's like, I'd like to bring you in to work with my team. And what I usually find out is very, very quickly is that from the team that it's the leader that we need to work with. <laughs> and so it just, just if I could put that on your radar, just as a, a great self-awareness call out for the day, you know, um, um, kind of in service of a public service announcement is just as a leader, just take a moment and just ask yourself, how am I impacting the team and taking ownership and responsibility for that? And, um, being open to feedback is another big one. A lot of leaders, 93% of leaders have never had an anonymous confidential feedback survey done about them. And that's a, that gives us a lot of information that as soon as people get position and power, uh, they self opt out of being accountable and responsible to lead their own change. They're happy to lead others through change, um, but not so happy to lead themselves through. So if I had one bit of advice for your listeners today, it would be think about it. What would it take for you to get an anonymous confidential feedback survey and be, be the best leader that you could possibly be so that when people are going home at night, um, they're thinking positively about you. They've had a wonderful day because of you as their leader. They're going home and they're enjoying their, their after work life uh, because you made it easy at work for them, made it more comfortable. They can do their best work because you're an amazing leader. Yeah. I agree. Um, in terms of uh, leadership roles, I've tried to put the team's kind of uh, considerations and uh, concerns, not necessarily above my myself, but in terms of understand where the team and the team dynamic is and kind of uh, lead from uh, the front and also kind of jump in the trenches. I know a lot of people get promoted to leadership roles with not necessarily uh, leadership qualities um, or tendencies, which is important to build up. So I think um, it's important to uh, have a kind of team first focus. And at the end of the day, you're that people focus the face to your team if you're in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. But you also are guiding the success and kind of failure of that team with your attitude and your demeanor and how you're kind of running it as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're the you're the vibe leader. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if uh, any situation, you could be creating a toxic environment, and that basically translates to the team itself. So eventually, that environment, regardless of that employee, will start bringing down that employee and adding to that kind of toxic uh, feel. Yeah, and it impacts their productivity so immensely, especially for like if we're talking to digital marketers, you know, and us in the digital marketing world, creativity. You know, that being able to be a productive, a profoundly productive, creative content creator, you know, the health of your team matters even that much more, you know. 
I agree. I thank you for stopping by today. I really appreciate it. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Absolutely. You can go to my website, which is www.carrymetkowski.com. Or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Carrie Mikowski. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Well, thanks for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.